chapter six of the golden bough by george gibbs this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by tony oliva zoya during the afternoon other members of the council of nemi reached the village and arrived at the gate in the wall where isad clad in his dark robes and sensible of his own importance greeted them with all solemnity and conducted them to the house where tanya korasov kotkina and roland received them first shestov who was blond bald and slightly pockmarked with a long neck consisting mostly of tendons and adam's apple shestov spoke french with a thickness of tongue which gave the impression of being constantly under the influence of liquor a mere impediment of the speech for as roland afterward discovered no spirits of any kind had ever passed his lips then came liederman and mademoiselle kolodna liederman was heavy hebraic and noisy irina kolodna silent abstracted and intense monsieur bartou mild-mannered quiet but eager his sandy hair cropped short his little red-rimmed eyes magnified many-fold behind his enormous goggles and lastly madame rochal if internationalism was the keynote of m kodkina's politics the term might in a general way be applied to the curious and striking personality of madame rochal for she reflected such an intense cosmopolitanism that it was at first difficult to identify her with any nation of europe her name might have been french russian or spanish and her gown might have come from paris or vienna she spoke all languages french german russian english with equal facility each it seemed with a slight accent or tinge of the others but without preference or favor her eyes set a little obliquely in her head were of the night dark and unfathomable and her hair black with a faint green violet gloss was folded back at each side over her ears like the two wings of a raven she was jeweled exotic slightly tinted and exhaled a faint suggestion of daintily mingled perfumes to all appearances she was less than thirty in years though in her eyes lurked the wisdom of centuries all of these persons were informed by m kodkina the earliest arrival of the tragic event of the morning and of philip roland's share in it m kodkina pitched his drama in a low key spoke with great seriousness and earnestly requested the new arrivals to consider the evidence in the light of their own understanding and showed them the body of ivanitch and the broken bow in token of the fulfilment of the prophecy as to his own mind he said that was already made up as a member of the order he would take commands from none other than m roland who was now the president of the order of nemi roland said nothing and stood soberly trying not to laugh studying this queerly assorted company who had listened to the russian 
regarding the american with a new and rather morbid interest appraising him so roland thought as one examines an egg which one expects to devour whatever the others may have thought only liederman was outspoken he got up swaying from one foot to the other like a great brown bear his hairy fists clinched his black brows beetling as he roared his opinions in a french tinged abominably with gutturals <laughs> a new priest and an american you have a doctrine over in your country you should permit us to apply it here in europe for europeans monsieur we do not need to go so far but the laws of the order broke in kodkina poof grisha kodkina we are no longer children believing in the necromancy of the middle ages i for one am no exorcist we live in no day of incantations nor can we accept the idols which a past age has set up for us the train of coincidences is extraordinary but let us accept it as such and end the matter the council of nemi has borne with kirillo ivanitch because as we all know he formed a proper buffer between our conflicting aims but kirillo ivanitch is dead when our numbers are filled let us elect a leader a priest if you still choose to call him such who will conduct our meetings and do our bidding as for this monsieur roland and he gave a grunt as far as i am concerned he may very well go upon his way that is impossible came the cold clear voice of madame rochal her strange eyes fixed on roland's face the new leader of the order of nemi has already been selected in accordance with a destiny which it is not my privilege nor yours herr liedermann to thwart herr liedermann stopped rocking and stared at the speaker a look of sudden perplexity at his brows you soya he roared i she returned with a quick flash of her eyes and why not god knows we need new wits to bring us harmony why not monsieur roland's but she shrugged and turned to shestoff who was speaking madame rochal is not often wrong and her influence is not to be despised for russia i can speak a man who is willing to offer his own blood unselfishly in sacrifice for a nation not his own is a friend to freedom and to russia the red-rimmed eyes of m Bartou blinked enormously behind his goggles i am for the old order of things as they have been since the beginning and shall be everlastingly said kodkina sententiously amen and you irina kolodna he asked what has been shall be she replied in her soft italian accent whatever happens the order must not be broken bah thundered liederman and jeopardize our leadership of the cause of the world by investing this adventurer this soldier of fortune with the right to hush max 
cried zoya rochal shrilly you are a beast liederman rocked in a moment of silence and then sank into a chair his fists clasped over his folded arms roland regarded him a moment and then as the gaze of the others was turned toward him took a pace forward faced them and after a glance at kotkina spoke quietly and with growing assurance while the smile that always lurked at the corners of his lips seemed to be struggling against his sober demeanor messieurs et mesdames he said politely i am as this excellent and voracious herr liedermann has just said both an adventurer and a soldier of fortune but if he chooses to turn these words against me i can only reply that i am an adventurer in the greatest cause the world has ever known a soldier for the fortune of freedom which is to come i am no diplomat but a soldier of france which stands resolute undaunted immovable upon its new frontier i have been in the cauldron before verdun and thus am the only one among you who has seen hell upon this earth i say to you messieurs and mesdames that death is nothing when compared to the tension of nerves tightened like bowstrings after that i say there is no war that can be right no peace that can be wrong there was a movement of approval and roland grinned comfortably and then went on your cause is mine and whatever the means by which you accomplish peace that is mine also i will do your bidding if you desire it but if as herr liedermann suggests the good of your society is best conserved by my departure i am ready to go upon my way enough monsieur zoya rochal rose and threw out one white hand in a wide gesture we need you at nemi monsieur roland is it not so you others she challenged them quietly but her eyes shot fire at the silent liederman who stared up at her from under heavy brows and shrugged i am outvoted he said i have no more to say that is well said kodkiner he crossed the room and clasped roland by the hands an example which all the others now followed tanya had stood at one side a silent spectator of this scene smiling slightly aware of her own part in this decision but watching keenly as they came forward madame rochal was the last to greet the visitor their hands met and roland bowed over the jewelled fingers i thank you for your indulgence madame he said do not let herr liedermann disturb you she whispered we are of many minds at nemi but the danger lies not in what is said monsieur but in what is unsaid i understand perhaps you'll help me perhaps we shall see and with a deep look into roland's eyes she passed on and joined the others who following margot the old woman whom roland had seen in the kitchen went up the stairs to be shown the rooms they were to occupy for a moment roland and tanya were alone do you think her beautiful the girl asked magnetic startling but beautiful the beauté du diable perhaps but mademoiselle tanya moved her expressive fingers 
she is the most dangerous woman in europe you alarm me he grinned the only powder a soldier fears is the poudre de riz she smiled i'm not jesting nor i you warn me against her if you love freedom she is an agent of the wilhelmstrasse ah i see but her nationality no one knows what does it matter she is an actress a friend of princes in russia in austria a go-between a shuttlecock playing her own game for her own ends and liederman is it not obvious her servitor but why should she have chosen to accept me without question as the new president of the order tanya was silent a moment and then because if i may make so bold as to say so she said your guileless appearance marks a line of least resistance best suited to her methods of attack kirillo ivanitch was immune she thinks to find you less difficult in other words she finished dryly she means to use you monsieur i shall be guileless mademoiselle as long as i can learn something but not too guileless to be ungrateful to you she shrugged and laughed as he glanced toward the stairway whence came the sound of voices roland laughed quietly i pledge to you to kodkina and to madame rochal messieurs Shestov and bartou are perhaps on my side before the hour passes i shall swear allegiance to signorina colonna and herr liederman he grinned the society of nemi at least shall be cohesive and i shall be the amalgam this is no joke nevertheless i shall not cry over it he caught her hand and pressed it in his strong fingers will you let me solve these problems in my own way if i seem to be guileless humor me for my simplicity but do not distrust me mademoiselle for of all these who are at nemi it is you only who shall be my guide you swear it she whispered upon my honor her face flamed suddenly and her glance fell then he kissed her hand and released her just as kodkina entered from the garden where what had once been kirillo ivanitch had without ceremony been put below the ground but the lines at m kodkina's brows were not born of this gruesome informality for it seemed that nemi turned without question from old gods to new but of another matter which for some hours had obviously given him inquietude if monsieur roland will permit he said gravely turning to tanya mademoiselle korasoff is best informed to speak of the affairs of kirillo ivanitch and of the business pending in the council shall i leave you monsieur asked roland why you are one of us our leader roland chose to read something satirical in his ceremonious bow well said the american good-humouredly what's the order of business the reports from the various central committees which these councillors represent appropriations of money to carry on the propaganda and the plans for russia but first 
it is necessary to see into the condition of the affairs of monsieur ivanitch the vault must be opened the vault echoed roland kodkina nodded and glanced at tanya the priest of nemi is sole custodian of the documents and funds of the order only ivanitch knew the secret of the doors to the vault here he turned suddenly to the girl unless perhaps you tatania what should i know grisha kodkina she said coolly i have merely observed orders kirillo ivanitch entrusted me with no such weighty responsibility as this and yet it is strange that no record should be left kirillo ivanitch died without speaking but you tatiana were closest in his confidence he must have given some sign left some paper search for it then his room his desk his clothing i have done so there is nothing roland found another cigarette which he lighted with the greatest cheerfulness an impasse he smiled what are you going to do about it kodkina shrugged that is a grave question monsieur roland dynamite suggested the american kodkina paced the floor slowly for a moment and then to the girl go tatiana if you please and make a thorough search perhaps you may succeed where i have failed tanya turned toward the door and then paused and the others what shall you say to them she asked tell them the truth said kodkina the russian waited until tanya had gone and then coming close to the new president of nemi spoke rapidly and in whispers you and i are allied for a common purpose the vault is outside in the garden deep under the tree we must find a way into it you comprehend without the knowledge of these others yes but how that we shall devise i will find a way at the sound of voices he glanced toward the door meanwhile he whispered say nothing roland nodded and they drew apart as madame rochal and Shestov entered the room ah machiavelli she said coming forward with a smile already wrapping your tendrils around the tree of nemi kodkina laughed uneasily my tendrils perhaps do not grow so far or cling so tightly as yours may do madame zoya rochal glanced at roland who caught her look for the wild rose madame said the new priest quietly the oak always bears a lifelong friendship ah monsieur who has taught you to make pretty speeches but be sure that i am no poison vine she said with a shrug it is only the dead oak tree that the poison vine loves i madame am very much alive she flashed a quick smile at him at once a challenge and a reproach while kodkina looked on gravely only an escaping slave shall break the golden bough muttered the literal shestov soberly zoya rochal laughed you grisha kodkina she said significantly kodkina started or you madame he replied quickly a slave she said i have escaped from one servitude into another 
but to have political opinions in russia is fortunately no longer a crime roland looked from one to the other and laughed monsieur shestov has rendered me a service he said with a grin i didn't know of this menace if you madame rochal desire my life you shall take it at once he picked up the dagger of kirillo ivanitch which had been brought into the house and put upon the table and thrust the handle toward her but she shuddered prettily and turned away as for you monsieur kodkina he said coolly from this moment i must be upon my guard but the russian saw no humor in this pleasantry enough of this nonsense monsieur let us go in to dinner and yet this controversy which had been heard by the others who had followed zoya rochal into the room in spite of its apparent triviality had done something to clear the atmosphere roland's perfect good-humour and air of guilelessness which seemed to see nothing but good-humour and guilelessness in all those about him had the effect of providing a common meeting-ground of good-fellowship for those of different camps and whatever the diversity of their opinions the darkness of their thoughts and purposes the dinner-table gave no sign of the deeper undercurrents of their various allegiances and when they all rose from the table at the conclusion of the meal roland and madame rochal went to smoke their cigarettes i can't make you out monsieur roland she said when they were seated on a bench at the end of the garden at times you seem very much like an overgrown boy she began and then something makes me think that you are not so ingenuous as you look i have travelled the world over madame said roland with a laugh but i've never managed to learn anything except that women are very beautiful and that men are born to be slaves she laid her fingers along his coat-sleeve don't you know foolish boy she muttered with sudden earnestness that you have happened upon the very edge of an inferno no you surprise me it has seemed very much like a sort of pleasant game to me he laughed i kill quite by accident the chap that runs your shebang and you all come along and pat me on the back it's great i tell you you haven't been in a german prison pen madame the conversation is hardly worth mentioning the food is unmentionable and now for the first time in a year i find myself set down in a milieu of beautiful women and clever men with real food to eat and real conversation to listen to and you madame wish to spoil my evening by speaking of infernos it's really not considerate of you he lolled lower in his seat and smoked luxuriously gazing at her through half-closed eyes the fingers on his arm tightened i tell you monsieur that you are in great danger here at this moment don't you understand i understand what you say he said smiling at her lazily it's the truth she repeated danger of death sudden at any time i am so contented madame i can imagine no moment more agreeable in which to die you anger me have you no eyes to see what is going on about you roland straightened and glanced carelessly over his shoulder and what is going on about me 
he asked you have become in a moment the most important single figure in europe you do not believe me it is true around you here at nemi seethes a struggle of nations gasping for breath and you sit and look into my eyes and dream you must blame that upon your eyes he whispered she shrugged moved impatiently and then after looking cautiously around them into the shrubbery turned toward him again i pray you to listen to me monsieur she said eagerly i like you philippe roland from the first in there when i saw you i knew that i should like you i don't know why she shrugged expressively you are different but you are also very foolish and i would not like to see you come to harm and who would harm me he said coolly perhaps i am foolish but you must blame that upon my sense of humor i blunder into the midst of a pretty little opera bouffe worthy of the best traditions of offenbach with chaps in cowls and cassocks pottering about a saddish-looking tree and muttering about escaping slaves and you ask me to be afraid perhaps when i get through being amused there will be time for that for the present madame will you bear with me and tell me something about yourself she threw out an arm with a dramatic gesture which showed something of her training ah i have no patience with you philippe roland she said you are impossible think of what i shall tell you for it is very important under the mound below the tree is the treasure vault of nemi it is built of steel like a bank and no one may enter it without the secret numbers which open the lock those numbers were known only by kirillo ivanitch and he is dead that's unfortunate said roland as she paused but you can't blame me do you know what is in that vault philippe roland she asked i can't imagine a pig with a ring in the end of his nose he smiled you still disbelieve well i will tell you the funds of the order at this time can amount to little less than twenty-five millions of francs they are there for you or for any one with imagination to divert into the proper channels roland's eyes in spite of himself had become a little larger i'm no burglar madame i've done almost everything but safe-cracking is a little out of my line and yet it is upon you that the responsibility for this money devolves if it is stolen you will be held accountable stolen who will steal it she shrugged who wouldn't in a righteous cause she caught his arm again to emphasize the importance of her words to help the cause of free institutions in europe you i anyone with a cause like that near his heart roland flicked his cigarette into the bushes i am very dense there seem to be more causes than one at nemi more axes than one to grind let me be direct he said coolly yours madame rochal what is it he asked she glanced at him swiftly you do not know obviously or i should not be asking she paused a moment looking away from him and then as though coming to a resolution she turned and spoke in a low tone these others believe that i am acting for the social democrats of germany like max liedermann but that is not the case 
ah what then i am trusting you monsieur by the witchery in your eyes i swear she paused a moment as though to be sure of her effect and then in a whisper i am a secret agent of the provisional government of russia roland sat silent a second and then laid his hand over hers while his lips broke into a boyish smile i knew it madame i was sure of it he whispered softly our cause is the same you and i together what can we not do for russia and for freedom he was so ingenuous so boyish so handsome his very youth refreshed her she sighed and then laughed softly as she raised the back of her hand toward his lips there she murmured you may kiss my hand but roland only glanced at the hand and before madame rochal knew what he was about had caught her in his arms and kissed her full upon the lips monsieur she stammered and drew away from him hurriedly roland followed her glance and turned to find tanya korasoff standing before them roland sprang to his feet and stood his head bowed looking indeed rather crestfallen mademoiselle he began but she cut him short with a gesture speaking rapidly and he saw that she was very pale and suffering under some suppressed agitation monsieur you are to come to the house at once in the name of freedom grisha kotkina demands it i will go at once tanya had already turned and fled down the path roland had taken only a few paces when zoya rochal rushed alongside of him and seized his arm be watchful philip roland she whispered tensely for it is he whom you have most to fear he laughed softly as he caught her fingers to his lips thanks madame he said gaily no one shall kill me at nemi but you that i promise and left her standing in the darkness End of chapter 6